Welcome to Pints and Pelvic Floors, a podcast designed to normalize the discussion around all things pee, poop, sex, and more. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Noble, owner of Pelvic Pride Physical Therapy and Wellness, an LGBTQ-owned transgender safe space and clinic for all. Grab a pint and come as you are as we uncover the myths around our genitals and destigmatize normal body functions, as well as normalize asking for help. So raise your glass because it's a beautiful day to save pelvic floors. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Pints and Pelvic Floors. I hope you are having a fabulous November. Um, it is not really sure what it's doing up here in Maryland. It got cold and then it got warm and now it's kind of like in between. Um, honestly, I'm hoping for a little more snow this year than we get most. But anyway, so since we're kind of entering into a holiday season, end of the year, we've got a lot of holidays coming up um, between now and like mid-January. So I figured I would talk about bladder irritants today. So um, a lot of the things that are included in bladder irritants are things that we typically see within um, holiday foods or celebrations. And so I figured it was a good time to talk about them, um, what they are, how much weight we should put behind them, and then what we can do um, if we're going to be partaking in these bladder irritants to keep a happy bladder. Also happens to be Bladder Health Awareness Month. So, you know, how timing or how timing, uh, what perfect timing, I guess, what I want to say. So let's start with what is the list of bladder irritants? Um, bladder irritants most commonly are known um, as caffeine, carbonation, alcohol, added sweeteners, citrus, spicy, and tomato-based foods. Um, these are the most common ones. There's a couple others. Uh, one thing I will say is that we need to remember that this is just a list and we'll um, there may be some validity behind the fact that these are most common for many people. Some people find these, some of these foods are totally fine. Some people find that um, there are other foods that really irritate them that don't irritate most. Doesn't mean you're crazy. Doesn't mean you're wrong. Um, my big thing with all of these foods is find what feels good for you, find what doesn't feel good for you, and then make an educated decision. So um, when I'm introducing this list of bladder irritants to my patients, I always try to tell them, you know, listen, this is not something that I'm going to tell someone to cut out immediately. Um, I actually, what I tell them exactly is, you know, these are low level, low hanging fruit for me. What I think is we're going to work together to figure out what is causing all of your bladder symptoms. Um, If we can get you like 90% better and that last 10% is really bothering you, Maybe we'll we'll look at bladder irritants and see if this is something we want to change. Um, we'll dive into a little bit more, do some elimination, and then add back in and figure out is any of this what's that that last like ten percent that's hanging on in your bladder. If you're like, listen, I'm ninety percent better. I feel amazing. I can deal with ten percent of this like annoying discomfort, whatever sensation or feeling I'm having, um, and still get to drink my coffee. I'm happy. Okay, fabulous. Again, that's what I mean when I say um, you get to make an educated decision. You know what the ir- excuse me. You know the irritants are. You know, um, you know how they affect your body as you kind of are trying them out and seeing like, oh, yep, tomato really does get me, or mm, spicy food's totally fine, but wine is my problem. Um, and once you know how your body responds to these different foods, you get to make that call. You get to say, you know, it's worth having a glass of champagne on New Year's to deal with a little irritated bladder the next day, or you can say absolutely not worth it. I'll toast with my water and not have to have a bladder problem tomorrow. Um, so I, I personally, you know, I'm not a big cut out irritants 
person um, in the medical world, in the pelvic health world, there is a lot of probably different soapboxes people get on. There's a lot of divide between um, peeing in the shower and not peeing in the shower. There's a lot of divide on cutting irritants and not cutting irritants. There's, there's different things. And so this is one that I'm on the side of don't cut out the fun. Um, let's see if we can't resolve a lot of the other problems first, and then we'll come back to the irritants if we need to. That being said, I have had a few people. Um, I had one very early in my career. She was a waitress. And so I had her do a bladder diary for me. I had her write down everything she was drinking, everything she was eating, and how often she was going to the bathroom. She had any urgency, leakage, things like that. And I had her do one day while she worked as a waitress. And I had her do one day at home. She brought that back. And because she had a soda fountain easily accessible to her, she documented drinking two liters of Mountain Dew. Holy, that's a lot of Mountain Dew. So then her other page, water, mostly water when she was home. And I was like, why do you only drink water at home? And she's like, well, it's just what I have. It's easy. I was like, okay. I'm like, but do you see how much Mountain Dew you drink? And she's like, I didn't even know it. She's like, it's just, you just top it off. You don't think twice. And before I knew it, because I was measuring it, I had drank so much of it. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's see how you do if we cut the Mountain Dew. And she's the, she's the exception, not the rule. So do not think this is going to be the magic solution for you. But she cut them out and do it work and her symptoms were probably 90% resolved. Okay. Again, the exception, not the rule. But that was one of those cases where I really felt bladder irritant was a big thing because at home, no leakage, no urgency, no concern. At work, terrible. And I'm like, interesting. A lot of people do a little better at work because they're distracted. They're doing their job. Um, versus when they're home, they're a little bit more free. They have access to the bathroom. They typically go a little more frequently. For her, it was the exact opposite. So I knew something just seemed a little bit off there. Um, I had another one a little more recently. A friend had come in and had given up um, wine during her pregnancy, and she replaced it with seltzer. And so when we chatted about the number of seltzers she was drinking, it was a lot. And I was like, okay, normally I don't have anyone cut that much, but you are drinking a lot of seltzer, so a lot of sparkling carbonated beverage. Um, and I was like, I am going to actually ask you to stop. I gave her the same spiel of the 90%, 10%, cut them at the end. And I was like, but I'm going to still ask you to cut back your seltzer significantly um, because of how much you're drinking it right now and see if we can't replace some of that with some flat water. So she was willing and you know, it didn't, it didn't give her a 90% relief like my Mountain Dew friend, but it did help some. And then we continued to work on other issues. Um, so that's kind of my soapbox on like, do we cut bladder irritants? Do we not cut bladder irritants? What I actually tell my patients to do is to drink more water while they're having an irritant. And so I tell them, you know, it's the holidays. If you've got a glass of wine at dinner or you're at a party or something, if you have, if you're sitting around and you have a glass of wine, also have some water. So a couple of sips of wine, a couple of sips of water, keep that diluted in your bladder. Um, if you are a little more social, kind of wandering around, if you finish a glass of wine or um, a beer or something else, a cocktail, once that's done, then go to water, drink a water. Once you've sipped through the water, don't chug it. But once you've sipped through that water and you um, have gotten it into your system, we can go back and get another alcoholic beverage if that's your choice. And so it's not that you've diluted in the glass and drink it diluted, but diluting it by adding water in between can be really helpful to keep the bladder happy. And so my visual that I give my patients for this is if you take a bladder or I demonstrate with a glass jar and I say, imagine filling this up full of coffee. We can all imagine the color of coffee. And now take out half the coffee and put water in its place. We can imagine what the color is of this liquid now because it's half water and half coffee. So it's a lot more light brown. Like, okay, let's do it again. Let's say we only put a quarter of the amount in this glass jar of coffee and three quarters is water. 
again, we can imagine we're at an even lighter brown now. And so my point being, the more water we have and the less irritant we have in our bladder, the more diluted things are, the less angry our bladder is going to be. So when we're sitting around a holiday table, when we're celebrating with friends or family, just keeping in mind, if we're having any of our bladder irritants, caffeine, carbonation, alcohol, added sugar, citrus, spicy, or tomato foods, um, we're just having water to help keep the bladder diluted. And we're monitoring and knowing what our food issues are and what our drink issues are. If one gets us more than the other, we can make that educated decision. Do I take it? Do I eat it? Um, or do I just skip it this time? And if I decide not to skip it, am I drinking enough flat water to help keep my bladder happier? This isn't foolproof. It's not going to just magically cure everything, but it is one way to help decrease the irritation that can be seen um, with these different foods and drinks. Um, you know, I recommend this to all my patients. And like I said, since it is a holiday season, we're entering into a bunch of different holidays between now and the middle of January. Um, I think it's just super important to keep these in mind. Um, you know, a lot of this kind of hides in weird places. We don't think about it, but tomato can be anything. I mean, it can be tomato sauce. It can be, um, fresh tomatoes on a sandwich or in a salad. It can be ketchup, can be all sorts of things. Keep in mind, ketchup's going to have some added artificial sweeteners too. If you get normal ketchup, not like a no sugar added, um, spicy, spicy is probably an easier one for some people to avoid, but also culturally spicy can be hard to avoid. So that's one um, to remember citrus. We see citrus a lot. Citrus might be mimosas, um, on a holiday morning. Citrus might be cranberry sauce, or if you're like our cranberry sauce has mandarin oranges in it, mandarin oranges in it. Um, you know, depending on what your holiday desserts and things look like. Um, you may be seeing a lot of citrus there. And then the family I grew up in, you know, alcohol, having glasses of wine with dinner, having mimosas in the morning, things like that is just part of what we do. Um, if you're maybe a caffeine person at the end of the day, maybe you have um, some espresso or some coffee with dessert at the end of the night, again, that can be irritating to the bladder. So just keeping in mind, the way to keep the bladder happy with these things is to dilute with water. And on the last note there, we're going to remember we are not chugging water, we are sipping water. Um, I tell patients this all the time. It is a big misnomer. A lot of them are just like, oh yeah, I just throw back that bottle of water, get it all down, and that's how I get it in so fast. So I'm like, okay. Except for your body's processing out what it wants. It says, okay, I'm going to absorb this water, and I don't really need the rest of it right now because I can't process it. So I'm just going to throw it through as waste. It goes to your kidney, gets processed as waste, and it goes into your bladder, and you pee it out. So while you're drinking that water to keep the bladder happy, you cannot finish one cocktail, pound a bottle of water, and then jump into right, right into another cocktail. Your bladder will not love that either. So making sure that we are sipping that water throughout. So again, if we can have a glass on the table, we have a water bottle with us, or just being super cognizant to sip that water, maybe in between sips of cocktail to help just kind of keep everything moving slowly. And your body is absorbing the water it needs without putting it out as waste product and you're peeing frequently. So that'll definitely help. When a bladder is irritated, it really leads to increased urgency to go to the bathroom um, and then increased frequency of going to pee because you get that urge um, more frequently than you normally do. So super helpful to um, keep those things in mind. Um, if you have any questions, definitely feel free to reach out. It's a pretty quick episode. I just want to make sure we got it out there ahead of all these things. Um, Friendsgivings and stuff are coming up. And as we're kind of rolling out these holidays, I just want everyone to have a happy bladder, um, especially in Bladder Health Awareness Month and um, really for the rest of life. So hopefully this helps. If you have questions, DM me. If you have any suggestions or any 
things you want to know about that aren't related to this, but are related to the pelvic floor, I'd love to hear them. And I'd be happy to do an episode um, to answer any questions you have. So that's it for the day. Like I said, quick little episode on bladder irritants. And until next time, my friends, cheers. Hey everyone, just a quick reminder that this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not constitute providing medical advice or professional services. Please reach out to your primary care provider if you need any assistance.